Authentic Verdict is a movement that helps motivate people to launch and start their businesses. Whether your business is big or small, or you're just looking for motivation, this podcast is for you. We chat to inspiring founders from e-commerce, blogging, local, service and product-based businesses about the fist-pumping moments and then the dark days that you just want to give up. No two businesses are the same. However, delving into the authentic verdict of what works, what doesn't and how to cultivate that crazy mind of yours can help set you on your way. I'm your host, Katie Eels, co-founder of online sustainable skincare store, Sabia Co. Good morning, Anita, and thank you so much for joining The Authentic Verdict. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm actually really excited to be here. Yes, it's a nice way to start a Monday. I feel very inspired already. I know. <laughs> um, I love to start off every episode by talking about what you might be manifesting or working on at the moment. So... Actually, you know, manifesting is a a strange word to me because I feel like so many people place so much emphasis on this manifestation. And I don't think I actually manifest things because I think it adds this extra level of, you know, my to-do list, like you've got to manifest it and then get it into action, whereas I'd rather just get it into action. And so, you know, I'm not really stuck on any future view of like what it looks like, but in terms of what I'm working on, um, there's a couple of things. So, you know, I own Hero Packaging. So with Hero, we're just growing the business right now. It's, I think it's still in its infancy. So we're working on growing it, but then while we're growing it, we're trying to make a huge impact. So not just the way that we do our products, but then also how we do things with the money that we make. So where can that money go to have an impact and a tangible impact? Because I don't want to just give it away to a charity and not know where the money's going. So we're trying to do things like getting our staff to plant trees and actually physically going out and doing things and making us feel like, okay, we're making a difference. So that's something I've really been working on this year. And then obviously my personal life, it's kind of focusing just on the kids, making sure like my eldest girl's homework is done every day. And just like really we've got business and we've got personal life and just making sure that we're focusing our energies, I guess, into like just the really good stuff and not focusing on anything negative or toxic and just removing all of that bad energy. Um, Yeah, I think so. And, And I think for me, when we talk about like manifesting, it's more um, you just really want to live because, you know, we don't, we have a very short life and I just kind of want to live in the way where I'm just happy because that's all that matters, you know, at the end of the day, if like we're gone in 70, 80 years, like there's nothing else that matters except for just being happy today. Um, And so I guess that's kind of what we're working on. I love that so much. And it's funny, like we do, um, Dave and I do vision boards because I have like a bit of a yoga background. So uh, manifesting and vision boards is like something that's been a part of my life for a really long time. But it's funny when you start it at the beginning, a lot of people like feel overwhelmed by the experience of like sitting down and being like, well, what do I want? And then they end up creating a bit of a negative experience because they're like, well, I can't visualize, I can't do this. And it becomes like a chore when it should be the complete opposite. And like for us, we don't, it's not a big in-depth thing. We just think, what do we, like what's success to us? It's getting up early and going to the beach and having time to hang out together and then come to a job that I love. And I own that job, luckily. And I get to have an impact and it's focusing on like the emotions, not so much like, oh, I want a white picket fence to be here and here and here. It's just the emotion of like happiness and freedom to be in your lifestyle and to be running an 
credible business that actually has an impact. It's not just putting more yeah. consumer products out there that aren't really great for the environment. So I love that you have that outlook on it as well because a lot of people get confused by what manifesting means. And if you can just focus on an emotion, you are in some way manifesting that emotion. It doesn't have to be like a regimented plan that you need to focus on. Well, that's interesting you say that because I actually think that, you know, when I watch so many TikTok videos and so many Instagram (laughs) reels, you know, and everyone talks about manifestation, but there are these really young girls who are talking about manifestation. And when I see them doing it, it's all about, this is the dream house that I want. This is the perfect car that I want. And that's how I associate manifestation. So you're right, actually. It's, I guess I have been manifesting things for years because I really do want to feel a sense of happiness. I'm always working towards that. But, you know, that perfect house and the perfect car, I've never drawn it. I've never stuck it on like something to say, this is exactly what I want and I'm going to dream it into reality. I think for me, I'd rather just work towards it. Yeah. But I think that emotional state is something that, yes, I've always pictured and I, I am consciously working towards it every day. Yeah. And it's funny because I think now that it's become like a bit of a buzzword and there's a lot of people sharing how they made their, you know, manifested my dream life. It's like, but then young people coming up and seeing, oh, I just put this car on a board and look at it every day, but I don't have to do anything to get there. And then they get a bit upset and deflated because they're like, well, I'm not making more money. And like, you're not working hard towards making more money. You're just doing the (laughs) same thing. Exactly. But yeah, it's funny. And for the guys listening at home, do you want to do a little bit of an overview about what Hero is and also what you do outside of Hero? Because there's a second very amazing business that you run. Yes. So yeah, I own Hero Packaging and I own it with my husband and we have owned it since 2018. Hero Packaging is essentially a business that focuses on packaging, but it's about replacing plastic packaging with alternatives. And right now we're focusing on home compostable packaging and you know we actually did that as a solution for my previous business so that was I just was generating so much plastic at that time it was so much I mean there was like one day I just saw it all pile up as we're sending OzPost satchels out the door Um, my kids were in the office with me and they were just playing amongst the plastic and I was like "Mm, this is so there's something wrong this cannot be right you know and I um, was like let's just let's just research some options. So I went to Google and I went to Alibaba. (laughs) I went everywhere just to be like, okay, there has to be something other than plastic and paper wasn't going to do it because I was selling things that were a bit more fragile. And so I needed some solution and nothing sort of happened. And then when we found this material and then we found someone to actually make it for us, you know, it felt so great to be able to, to solve that problem in our business. And what I did was I was like, maybe other business owners are feeling the same way. And so I kind of ran a small ad to this really dud landing page just to see if there was any interest, any clicks through. Um, And then there was like overnight, it was like a thousand people or something ridiculous. And I was like, okay, great. This is, this is something that I'm passionate about. I want to do it now. Let's move towards it. And without even thinking, you know, I got my husband to leave his job. Like, and (laughs) it was a, you know, he was head of e-commerce. So it was like, a really big deal but I was like I believe in this so much I think there's something here please like let's let get you to leave your job and let's focus on this business together so we were running two businesses at the time um, at the same time we have two kids back then we had two kids and now as of November last year we have had a baby again so we've Yay. got three kids 
Yeah. And so <laughs> she sits with me. She's not here in my in the podcast today, but usually she sits with me in all my meetings. And um, yeah, she's pretty good. But yeah, so we have the three kids. Um, we have Hero Packaging together. And recently I have written a book and that book is all about helping, you know, small business owners to just make sales every day because it's just the most overwhelming thing when you start a business and you have launched it and you've created this beautiful product that you so love and then you launch it, the website's there and then it's crickets because you haven't focused on getting the first sale, the first 10 sales or making consistent sales and no one really knows like how to do that. And so then they're scrambling, they're trying to do Instagram posts and they're trying to do this. And so the book kind of just brings it together and and is kind of hopefully like a guide to, you know, making sales. And then, so yeah, I've got the two businesses and the three kids and it's all a bit of a... I don't know how you do it. I've got one business (laughs) and no children and I'm like... "Ah." (laughs) I think it's all like, um, it's all blocking out just certain times in my day to allocate to everything and I'm kind of forced into this um, balance I guess just because you know the kids come home at a certain time and they don't allow me to do work there even if I tried to do work they'd be like no you can't be on your laptop right now like you have to spend time with me so I guess that's a good thing yeah and I, um, touching back to your business, um, Sell Anything Online, that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I bought the book for Dave because I found you on TikTok. Oh, and cool. we have been using Hero Packaging since we launched Sabia from the beginning and I've always oh, loved amazing. it. Um, yeah. So that's how I came across you. And my, I knew who you were because your emails that you send out, you always address yourself and it feels like I've gotten to know you without even knowing you. And that's the style of marketing that really like drew me into hero packaging at the beginning. But then coming across your second business um, and just finding it so like we're, you know, still in startup phase. We're only 18 months old and the tips that you share are just so insightful and they're easy and they're so easy to like I email them to myself so that on Monday I remember to go back and do three of them every Monday. I try and <laughs> like just look over it and it maybe it's something that I've done before, but it's like, I'm looking at it with a different set of eyes because I set it up 18 months ago. Um, yeah. And it's just, I bought the book for Dave and he's like, can't believe how much he's learnt because I can't tell him everything that's in my brain because that would take up my time. But I bought the book and he's Absolutely. like, this is amazing. Like I'm learning something. So, e-. and it's make, you make it easier to learn because it's not easy when you start Thank a business. You. you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's really hard. And also, you know, but there's something about this where people are like, oh, you know, so much about marketing, but actually it's not that it's just that that's my entire job. Right. So for Dave, for example, he was a tradie. And so obviously he doesn't know about marketing, but I just, I have this absolute belief that everything can be learned. Like there, I'm not, I didn't come out of my mum's belly and know about marketing. It was like, I Googled it. I YouTube stuff. I followed other people in the space. And if he, you know, reads the book, if he watches people's videos and if he does stuff, he'll know as much as I do, because it's just about how much time you dedicate to it. And if you're, if you want to do it and you do do it, then everyone can know about marketing, you know? So it's really nice to hear that because like, sometimes I don't, see the results of what I do I just have written the book I make the videos and 
and all I go by is like, oh, how many views have the videos had today? Yes. But that's not like a true reflection of is it actually helping people or not? So it's actually really nice to hear that. No, it helps like immensely. It's our go-to thing whenever we're like feeling a bit stuck about, you know, what, how can we improve the website or how can we, because SEO is not something that I'm across at all, but I am now because I listen to every single SEO video that you put out there and I make the changes and I can see them happening. Like it's crazy to notice how much influx we get after making a few little adjustments on the website for keyword searching. Like it's not hard to do. Yeah, Actually, you guys, I did like a stalk of your business as well and um, you're doing really well with SEO. So well, like thanks. you're That's, coming up. Thanks to you, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's awesome. You guys are doing really, really well. And for yeah. an 18-month-old business, holy moly, like that's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's hard work, as you know, but we're getting there. Yeah, <laughs> good. No, and it's really good. When you kind of started Hero, like what was your background before that? Like even before the first business you had, how did you come to be in business and what were you doing beforehand? So I left school and I had an internship or a cadetship at an accounting firm at um, KPMG in Sydney and so I did that because I had to impress my parents so that was like a very you know I come from an Indian background and it was like what are you going to do with your life like you have you've only got four choices (laughs) like it's law or you know medicine or accounting or whatever and so I was like great I'll do a cadetship I'll do an accounting cadetship so I went to KPMG I worked there studied at the same time and I, I I didn't like it at all I didn't understand the big picture I it was not only boring but no one there explained to me why I'm doing an accounting report or an audit report no one said to me this is the big picture of what we're doing but it was more like this is your task and I felt like I was just tiny little thing in this huge machine had no place and I can be easily replaced so I hated that And I had a very bad experience there. And then I left that, but it was after six years. Um, And I went into media. And then I did, I was doing sort of the media coordination for Commonwealth Bank, um, all their digital space. I didn't like that, even though the people were great. The work was actually quite interesting. I didn't fit in there either. And I was like, what is happening? Like, Mm -hmm. am I not, I just, I'm not fitting into accounting. I'm not fitting into media. I couldn't figure out. I felt like kind of, like a failure because um, as an Indian girl, I was not fitting into a workplace. Um, I wasn't excelling in any career choice. And then I um, moved into marketing. And at the same time, I was like, maybe marketing is a thing. So I did my master's of marketing and uh, worked in a marketing firm. And I also realized that while I loved marketing, I didn't love to work for this firm. And I was like, something is wrong with me. I'm just not doing well. I'm not enjoying anything. And so at that point in time, I was pregnant and I was like, I'm, I, I've got this idea I've seen, you know, a big company do this thing. No one else is doing it. I'm going to try it. And I started a business and I just started on Etsy and eBay. And then I kind of started to to do quite well with it. And I was like, that's it. I'm leaving everything. And I was like, I found my place. I found my passion. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I, I don't care if I don't make any money. I just want to do this. And I think that's kind of how it all happened. And, and as I started to get return customers and I started to understand a little bit more about business, I was like, this is something, you know, that I just know that the issue that I was having before, it wasn't about the work itself. It wasn't about the people. It was about the fact that I 
don't want to work for other people. I don't want to work a regular nine to five job. Um, I just want to do something that excites me every morning, you know, and, and I think it's been a success as well because every Sunday night, Vic and I, we are watching TV and we'll have a discussion about Monday morning and we're really looking forward to getting started with work on the Monday. And that's something that a lot of people don't have. So that's kind of where I've come from. And I'm glad I did it because I can't see myself doing anything other than business for the rest of my life. It's so funny that you say that about the Sunday night thing, because I went to a birthday yesterday afternoon at a gin distillery and I've been friends with those girls for a really long time before I had my own business. And I'm fond of a Sunday session and a good time. Yes, of course. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like the first time I'd been out drinking with them on a Sunday since I've had Sabia. And I was like, oh, I drove, like, I'm going to go home. And they're like, what? Like, we were expecting you to be the life of the party. And I was like, there's yeah. no way in the world I'm rocking up on Monday hungover. Whereas before yeah. I probably would have been like, I don't care. Like, I'll get paid to sit there and not do much. But I was so excited to come in here fresh and be like pumped up for the week. And that's funny that you say that because I never really reflect on it and I didn't think about when I said it out aloud yesterday I was like wow I'm so lucky that I have somewhere that I'm like really excited to be on Monday and not totally and how how often do you hear people dreading their Sunday nights and their Mondays Mm -hmm. like it's the little things like that it's like when we don't feel scared of a Monday that tiny little bit of happiness is things that people will work towards for their whole life and not get it you know, so it's like a really, it's, it's nice to appreciate that, you know, and, and I feel like I feel the same way. Like I'll go out drinking on a Saturday. I'm happy to do that. But on the Sunday, like I know that Monday is coming and I really want to do my best. So, yes. you know, it's a really good thing. I love that. And when you started Hero, you said that you got Vic to quit his job. Was it just you two investing a little bit of savings? Did you have to go and borrow money? Like how did that kind of startup raw phase look when you started? Everything is bootstrapped. I'm not, I find it really difficult to even think about investment because I don't know where to start. I've never really thought about it. Um, I know a lot of people go down that route and also a lot of people start with some money too, to, you know, they know a good business idea, but because the business happened because of just a problem I was having in my other business, it was never meant to be a business. So we kind of just started it with whatever funds we had. I think we pulled out maybe 5,000 out of the home loan, what did we do? We had some money from uh, my previous business. Like it was really nothing at all. Mm. Um, And so we started with that and we got the bare minimum amount of packaging mailers made. And then we've just used the profits to, you know, boost the business and grow it. And I think that's important. We, we actually did the same thing, five grand. Um, We were saving for a house and I was like, i I just feel like so drawn to this idea. Let's just do it. Um, and I'd been using the products for so long myself before even launching it and could see such a difference in my skin and knew that the impact on the environment was needed. Um, so we just started with five grand and the same thing. Like every time we're still reinvesting, we've put in more money of our own, you know, to get us to different stages, um, but finally saved up enough for our own house deposit again, which is exciting. Wow. But like I so think- good. So many people have a really brilliant idea, but they're like scared of the money factor. I get asked all the time, like, what bank did you get a loan with? Like, what are business loans like? I'm like, we started with five grand. Like, that's it. It's not hard at all. You just need to have, yeah, fight for smaller MOQs and 
just slowly keep reinvesting and growing. Like we weren't an overnight success. Like people, I think, look at when we started and then where we are now and they're like, oh, wow, it's so easy. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Like there were so many periods of like, holy shit, like is this still going to happen? Like I shouldn't have quit my job. Like I need money to, you know, pay rent and buy food and all these things. And I think people have a different idea when they look at it. Like they look at an 18-month journey for me and think, oh, that was so easy. Like you're so lucky. I'm like, no, not at all. It took like so much risk and but you don't Absolutely. need to have that huge funding to make it work. You can start with something small and slowly grow. You can, and but I do always tell people that you do need to have a little bit of money to start because if you just invest in your product um, and you expect people to come to your site and purchase, you're making a really big mistake. I do always think people do need to start with some money for marketing because you have to put in stuff into your business in order to get out of your business. Um, and it's a very easy thing for people to be like, great, I've got this amazing thing and I've launched it. But I, I'm, I always ask them, so what are you doing to get people to your site? And they're like, I post on social media or you know, I'm, I've, I uploaded a story or like I sent an email, but you, that is not going to get consistent traffic to your website. You need to have those bits of money that you're going to constantly put in in order to get out. Um, uh, I think as well, I'm, it's a huge thing for me to always tell people that, you know, you start a business and if it's a product-based business, you've got to be very careful because the money that you make out of a product-based business the majority of it does not come back into your pocket mm. at all. So people are like, right, well, if I sell something for $100, it's only cost me $20 to make it. $80 is going to come back to me. Like I'm going to make $80 profit. I'm like, yeah, you technically, yes, you've made $80 profit, but $80, if you want to grow the business, that $80 is going right back into the business. It's going into marketing. It's going to more products, more new products and restocks, you know, all of that stuff. And it's people need to realize that, if you want to live off that money, you actually need to have a couple of things going. So that's why I always tell people, if you've got a full-time job, stick with it until this, this other thing has actually taken off. Don't just put everything into it. Not always, because yeah. you need to have that steady income or at least have a partner or someone that has a steady income too. To it's very, to. very difficult as an e-com business. Yeah. And that when I say that we started with five grand, I'm fortunate that I built the website myself. So that wasn't, you know, the five grand, half of it went to product and half of it went to marketing and that's it. Like two and a half grand to products and two and a half grand. We paid $600 for an influencer on the launch night. Um, and then I set up retargeting ads because I knew that was the most important ad to set up and then slowly started to build out like a little bit of a marketing campaign. But yeah, it was split half and half, half to products, half to marketing, because I'm the exact same thing. Like yeah. people spend so long, so long creating this incredible product. And then they open the door and they're like, oh, no one's here. No one's going to buy yeah, it. Exactly. And then they, they get deflated and sad. I'm like, well, you wouldn't open a restaurant and just hope in the back of a, you know, alleyway and hope that someone's going to walk past. Like you have to Absolutely. tell people that you're opening and create some excitement so that they come. Totally. And so do you um, right now, do you still use like influencers and do other like Facebook marketing as well? Or do you just majority do Facebook marketing? Um, so at the, for this year, we pulled away from influencer marketing because I truly believe that um, it didn't align with us. We do work with some influencers still, um, 
I just don't like when I work with someone and they hold up my cleanser and say, this is my favorite cleanser. And then the next night they hold up another brand and it just feels very unauthentic and it doesn't match who we are as individuals or our business. And we could probably have 10 times more sales week on week if we did that, but it's not authentic to me and I'm not here for the money. I am here because I really want to build a beautiful business that, you know, is changing people's life and helping the planet. And that's what we're doing. But we do invest in Facebook advertising, Google advertising. um, And then we run an ambassador program, which is a bunch of micro influencers who genuinely love the product and we pay them, um, you know, whether it's commission based or they have a flat rate and they help create user generated content for us. But they've been with us forever and they love the product. And that's what suits our business because it feels very unauthentic to me to pay someone two grand to hold up one of my products and, you know, not even be educated or interested in it. Sometimes when you see them, you know, influencing your product to their audience, you're heartbroken because you're like, you missed the whole point of what, what I spent years and money creating. You've just held it up and you're getting paid so much money for a couple of seconds and it didn't do my product justice. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I think there are some influencers who are fantastic Mm. um, and who will really be loyal to what they're doing. So if they're using a skincare brand and they love it, they'll review it and they'll stick with it. Um, And to a point, they might even buy it themselves in the future. But there are some who just want to do it for the influencing part because they've got a big following. But the problem is they're not actually influencing. They're just a billboard so yeah. that doesn't influence anyone that just showcases your product um but i totally agree i mean at the end of the day you want an authentic verdict right from these influencers <laughs> and you're not getting it so it's like a very it's it, absolutely agree with that like it doesn't align with you um i've seen your facebook ads they're so good um and i think you know putting twenty five hundred dollars into an influencer that doesn't really care about your product or twenty five hundred dollars into a facebook ad which is super targeted at the right people at the right time across the right platforms is going to do so much more for your brand and we recently changed that like we got a business coach when dave came in-house because like, I don't know how to be a boss. I've never done that before. I don't know how to work with different personalities and understand how to nurture different personalities and teach different personalities. So we invested in a business coach to help us with that kind of realm. And she just said to me one day, like the way that you talk about your products and the engagement and the education that you have, you are the ambassador for your brand. Why are you paying people that don't know anything about the product? And then we switched a lot of our marketing to, which I don't love, but videos of me explaining the products and the conversion is huge because people, they know that I own the business. They're seeing me talking about it. They know that I formulated it myself. So they have such a respect for me and the product already. And they know that when they email to ask a question about what product's best for them, that they're going to talk to me and that I'm actually listening and being so involved in the business. And it creates such a different, such a different like whole business model for us. I think our return customer rate is almost at 60%. It didn't used to be that one. No, that's massive. That is massive. You know, I actually think this is a really important thing because um, for, okay, so for return customers, right, 
you know, you're growing the business. So one, you want to focus on getting the new customers, but you also want to focus on getting these return customers. And these return customers are coming because of you and you being present. But when I talk to small business owners, a lot of them are like, we don't want to show our face. We don't want mm. to put our face to the brand. I'm so nervous to do that because I don't want people to think I'm so small and insignificant. I want to kind of come across bigger. They'll use terms like we and our and all of that. And that's all fine. I totally, I do understand that like thing. I have done that in the past, but I think ever since showing my face and ever since I have put my name on every email, on every Instagram post, people know it's me um, on stories. My face is there since doing that. I mean, I haven't seen the difference in um, return rate. I actually haven't looked at it, but the actual engagement, um, the conversion rate is so much higher when I started to put my face and my name on the brand, even though, yes, it is growing. Yes, we have staff. Yes, we kind of are going, um, I guess, global now. But having someone's face there and especially the owner is, I think, one of the best selling features of any brand. Yeah. And I think that what you've done is really good because small business owners are really scared to do that. Have you found that too when you're talking to people? Yeah, and it, but even when we started, there, I was like, no way. Like I'm, I don't have an Instagram following myself personally and I would never have in a million years imagined me washing my face in front of thousands of people almost yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so weird that I'm doing that so every day. true. But it just happened by accident. We had um, we sold out and then we lost eight cartons of stock, I think, a month before Christmas. And I had there was no way that I could authentically share how apologetic I was via an email or a text post. I just felt like the only way I could express the apology was via a video and people seeing me saying, I'm sorry, what's happened? And this is what's happened. And when I did it, it was took me about 30 goes and I probably had about four wines by the end of it because I was so nervous. Yes. But I noticed a huge change immediately. Like every single person wrote back and was like, that's absolutely fine. You're a small business. What a pain in the ass. Like they were so on my level. And then we just started to notice that whenever, you know, we were doing something instead of paying influencer to launch a product, I was like, let's just do it ourselves and see how it goes. And it just continued to be proving that it was way more effective now to the point where our whole audience literally knows at 6 p.m. every Monday that they're going to sit down and watch Dave and I do a face mask. And when we don't do it, we get so many emails being like, I was waiting, what happened? I'm like, oh, shit, like we've created this thing. But it is the best. And like when we're doing anything. I know that I have, I literally have a community of everyone that understands our products and I can go to them when I'm researching products, when I want to trial products and they're giving me the most honest feedback and vice versa. Like whenever I'm stuck for things, I can reach out and I have a community. I've literally, we have such an incredible, inspiring community that even our customers on it, our posts will talk to each other and give each other positive feedback when they see someone's before and after picture, like, oh, I'm at the start of my journey and I saw this picture and it inspired me to try Sabia. And they are talking to each other and creating like their own little community and it's crazy. Like never in my wildest dreams did I imagine putting my face on camera so regularly. 
but it works and it's hard. It works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. But all I can say is the more that you do it, the easier it gets to the point now where I don't even second guess it. And at the beginning, just have a glass of wine and tell them you're nervous. I do it all the time still. Like we did a live, which is no different to doing an IGTV, but we did a live and Dave and I were so awkward and nervous and we just hopped on and we're like, yeah, we're really nervous. I don't know why it's, but we are. And everyone was like, Oh, how funny. Like, you know, it's just everyone's real people and we just want to connect with other real people. I think like for me, I always have to remind myself that like no one cares. Um, mm. No one cares as much as you and no one is thinking about you. No one is thinking about your brand. It's like you're the only one who is nervous, right? They're, they're just ready to see you. They're like they're sitting down on their Monday night and they're like ready for a scroll. They want to yeah. see something entertaining um, they're not thinking about you on their Saturday afternoon, like brunch or lunch or anything. It's just when they see you, it's great to see your face. And like, but for us, it's like, oh my God, I know I've got to do something on Monday. I've got to show my face. Like you think about it all weekend and, but actually no one's thinking about you. And when they stop watching you, they're not going to think about you all day long. No. Um, but what you've done in that moment is you've engaged them. You may have um, encouraged them to click through to your website. You may have encouraged them to just be reminded that your brand exists for you, yes, it's so nerve-wracking. For them, it's like, great, like, I love I love watching this. And yeah. then they forget about you. You know, it's like people think it's such a big deal to do it because they're so nervous. It's like public speaking. But the more and more and more you do it, not only do you see results, but you feel so much more comfortable and you actually feel like connections with people who will keep commenting back and writing back yeah. to you. And I love that, you know, coming from being such a, like, shy Indian girl who, I mean, you know, ever since I was growing up and then until year, you know, seven, when I made a conscious decision to like change my accent because I was so embarrassed. Um, and I was, you know, had such a deep Indian accent. My parents still do. And so like, I, I was so embarrassed. I couldn't even speak in public. If I had to get up to do a speech, it's like quivering. And I'd always pretend like I lost my voice, like to a point where I was like, so embarrassed. I could not do it. Um, and even throughout uni, I was like in group projects, I was like, you do the public speaking, I'll do the work behind the scenes, you know, I couldn't get up there. And ever since I've been showing my face to camera, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, if you want to listen, listen. And if you don't want to listen, don't. But I know what I'm kind of providing. Um, and I love people who comment back. And I love to have that engagement. And if you don't like it, or if I am nervous, people can just get over it. Like it is, you know, it's something that is authentic to me and this is who I am. And then you're just going to have, here's what I am and you just take it or you don't listen to it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it comes back to like, you know, you have a choice to follow whatever pages you want to follow. And for me, when I, you know, have to do something that makes me a bit nervous, I'm like, this is my community. They're following us because they're invested in what we're doing. Like it doesn't matter if I up if I say the wrong thing if I am awkward if I'm nervous that's why they're here is because they love what we do and they know that I'm not a professional speaker um they know that I'm just a young girl that has a big passion and that's why they're listening so I think if anyone's out there that is nervous to do it you just have to remember that that community whether it's 1,000 people or 100,000 people that are watching they've chosen to watch you because they're inspired by you and they want to hear you speak they definitely are waiting to get to know you 
Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, I was actually looking at your Instagram page um, and the ones, the posts that I clicked on are the ones of you and Dave. It was just, it was, you know, you're automatically drawn to faces and you're automatically drawn to people who don't belong there. Like Dave with a face mask (laughs) doesn't belong um, on that feed. And it's so funny to see. And it's so awesome that he just like takes part in it. And so automatically I'm drawn to those things and people don't realize that, but they want this beautifully aesthetic feed and they'll put quotes and clouds and all this sort of rubbish in there that doesn't mean anything. But what people are clicking on are faces and even if you were to do like a, a heat a hot map um, a heat map assessment of someone's Instagram page the eyeballs and fingers are always going to people's faces and I think people need to realize that and especially when it's the owner people know you and then they see you with this random guy and they're like oh my god that's Dave how cool <laughs> that like he's doing a face mask you know um, I, I love it and I think everyone else loves it too yeah it's definitely like the it's been the biggest game-changing strategy for us is just getting out of our comfort zones and putting our face out there because at the end of the day, no one knows the products or the brand like we do. And the audience that are watching are interested in learning about the product and the brand and what we do. So it makes sense that we just, you know, cut through a bunch of emails and shitty, you know, interacting in in impersonal marketing and just put our faces out there and have a chat because that's who we are. We're just laid back people that are happy to have a chat. Exactly. And when you touching back to how you've kind of got now your personal brand, you've got Hero, you've got your three babies, how do you manage your work-life balance and do you have any strategies that really help to, you know, level it out? Um, yes, I, I do. I, so I guess I am really forced to be into a work-life balance, right? So in the mornings, there is, I, I can't wake up and get straight into work. I have to get up and prepare breakfasts um, and get them ready to get them out the door. Uh, so that is like a forced Um, I guess, balance. And then we spend a few hours working really, really, really hard in the business. Um, And then when we have to pick them up from school, we do everything together. We'll go get them from school. We'll bring them back. We all do homework as a family. We'll sit and listen to, I don't know if you know Jojo Siwa. She's this 20-year-old American girl who all the like young girls like. We have to listen to her songs. um, (laughs) And we just have to be a family because they're, you know, they just want to be with their mom and dad. And we are so privileged at this point in time. We're so lucky that the girls are living this childhood that a lot of people would want, you know, where they've got their mom and dad. It's not about being rich and it's not about wealth. It's not about buying stuff, but it's just, they've got their mom and dad at home at any point in time, you know, tomorrow morning I'm going and have to do like reading groups at school. So it's, there is a forced balance there just because they exist, just because the kids are there and they're saying like enough of work, you need to spend time with me. And so we do that and we put them to bed and then we work at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And so we, in terms of managing everything, I don't have set plans. I don't, think okay today I'm going to achieve this it would be nice to have these things done by the end of today 
but I don't put a lot of pressure on myself because I know things change all the time. You know, um, if a kid is sick or if I have a meeting or something comes up, I know that I can't achieve everything. I don't put so much stress on myself to do it. And I think that's a really important thing for me is that we have very, very good staff at Hero who do the running of the operations. I can step in and do the marketing. I can step in and do some big launches, but they really handle a lot of the stuff. We have a third-party warehouse that distributes all of our packaging. So we're not sitting there packaging orders because my strength is not in packaging orders. Vic's strength is not in packaging and all logistics. And so we outsource what we're not good at and what we don't want to do. And we do only focus and all of our energy goes into the stuff that we love doing. And the stuff we love doing is just growing the business, managing the staff, um, our kids and going for walks. You know, it's like that's where we want to focus all of our energy and the rest of it is all sort of um, given to people. And I would much rather hire someone and spend money there um, than do it myself and take that time away from anything that I love to do. That's a big one too. Like we obviously a very young business but um at the start of this year we made big decisions that we were going to hire people with skills that we didn't have because we could hire two pick and pack girls that could pick and pack orders but also Dave could just pick and pack orders and we could invest in someone in a management role which is what we decided to do and it's just an absolute game changer because I wouldn't know how to deal with wholesale accounts and with inquiries that we had I was just literally deleting emails because I was like I don't have time to think about writing a sales contract for you and knowing what to do but we made conscious decisions to hire people with skills that we didn't have so now we can actually focus on growing the business because I can't do everything and I'm not good at everything I'm good at a little niche um, love formulating products and love you know doing the big overall picture of marketing but now we're about to bring in some you know, marketing staff to help with the overflow of marketing work because that's the biggest job in any small business, I think, is always going to be marketing if you want to continue to grow. But that was like a big game-changing strategy for us this year was that we were going to hire people with skills we didn't have because there's no point of me trying to do something with 20% interest and knowledge because I'm not interested in some of these roles as well where we could just hire people who are, specialists in their realm and they can come in and they love the business and help the business grow because it is hard otherwise you I'd find myself literally working from 5 a.m till 9 p.m and you know not putting in my all because I was tired and I also didn't like what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing yeah exactly and I think as you hire people you don't just hire for the skills but you hire um, culturally too and so for us we have got some incredible um, women working for us who they also have their families that they need to look after too but they when they work they are just so focused on what they do and they all get along they're all friends and for us that's just I don't know, it feels like a family for us. And so not only are they passionate about what the work that they're doing for us, but they also are excited to be there because, you know, they get to talk to people who they actually like. And so for me, that's a really big thing that we've done too. Yeah, and it's nice, like, as we're beginning to grow, like, it's just so cool to have people in here that I enjoy spending my time with. Like, I couldn't, I've worked in jobs where I've, like, really, like, not loved my boss and, you know, it's a very low energy, negative environment. And I just, 
feel blessed that I get to choose the energy and the environment that I'm going to create for hopefully a big range of staff, you know, in the future as we begin to expand. And it is exciting. Like if you can't, if you don't want to sit next to someone for 12 hours, like why would you hire them? Like it doesn't matter on the skill set. It needs to be, you need to perform as a team and as like a family. Yeah, you have to help each other out and give and take. So, yeah, I love that as well. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced with Hero, I guess, in the growth stage? Because it did grow. Did it grow quite quickly from an outsider? I feel like it just popped off. Yeah, it grew really quickly, uh, especially last year with COVID. I mean, every single person was starting an e-commerce business. And to this day, everyone that I know has dreams to start an e-commerce business. And so our main job was just to be in everyone's front of mind that when they start something and they think about packaging, they do, we are on their consideration set, you know, they're thinking about us. And so last year it was big, a lot of e-commerce, especially when people were in lockdown, they wanted to start a business. And a lot of people also doing a lot of online shopping. So our packaging started to kind of go out the door really quickly to a point where we couldn't sustain it. We kept going out of stock because it was just... It was hard. (laughs) Yeah, it was really, really hard. And it's not like you, (laughs) there was one comment on Instagram um, and she was like, why don't you just order more? And I was like, (laughs) it's like, it's really difficult to do because we have to test everything that we bring in. Everything has to go through testing. And so um, we couldn't just bring in more and it was taking months and months to get, you know, products here. And it was a very, very difficult thing. But, yes, it grew really quickly. Um, and, and we're really sort of happy with that. But at the same time, it's um, a huge challenge for us because so we are trying to grow the business and we are trying to scale it to a level which, you know, obviously we've never been at before and we haven't got investment. Um, so for me, I would say the biggest challenge is probably finances because what you make now you've got to fund the next level of growth and then that profit has to fund the next level of growth and you've got to almost you're always running you know and trying to kind of breathe a little bit because you're just funding it funding it funding it and not only that we're trying to give back and we're trying to do a lot of community projects like we're trying to do all this different stuff but financing is always going to be a huge one for us and managing where these funds go and you know I always say that we pay our staff well way more than what we bring in to our door Mm -hmm. because um, it's that's we need that to grow Um, and for us it's it's hard because we just need to put in everything we can in order to get hero packaging to a bigger level and a bigger level and a bigger level. Um, That is probably our major challenge. Um, We don't really see, we don't really look at, you know, competition or we don't really look at, um, you know, people who are trying to come in and like take over and things like that. Mm. For us, it's, I think that everyone can exist. It's not really a big deal, but for us, I think the major thing is, yeah, the money. And that's the same as us. We've just done like to date our biggest stock order last month and fuck, it was scary to see the bank account that low. Like, yes, people absolutely. Don't, they don't get that. They don't understand it. Like when we do a video and show like when it arrives and we unpack it, and we fill the warehouse, everyone's like, wow, you guys must be loaded. You're killing it. I'm like, no, we have like so scarily little amount of money in the bank account right now because we just invested everything into products because it is a product-based business 
And then when you, you know, we've got four brand new uh, formulas launching at the end of this month and to invest in all of those different formulas is huge to begin with, even sampling to start. And then you have to buy the bottles, you have to buy the actual formulation, package it, and then you need to think about, okay, well, what marketing budget do we have to actually get this out there? Because, hello, I've just spent a fortune on a product that I need to sell. Otherwise, it will sit upstairs and go off. Um, Absolutely. And this BB cream launch is the first product that I've shared the formulation process just because it happened organically and people were interested that I was formulating and I have nothing to hide. So I was like, well, come along with the journey and see how it's made. And I'm so nervous that we don't have enough stock because of the interest that it has created from people seeing the journey of how it's been formulated. And like, they've seen the sampling product. Our customers have been a part of the sampling and testing phase. Like it's just created such a different launch strategy that I know all I need to do is have a couple of ads on but probably not even because the hype is just so huge from sharing the journey. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I Mm. actually think, you know, yes, it's a challenge. The money side of things is a challenge, but what you've done is you've actually found a way to generate interest which most people would never do. People don't share the journey because they're too scared of copycats and they're scared of like people coming and taking over. But only you know how to do it properly right like Mm. you are that is what you're good at you're good at marketing you're good at formulation and those are your strengths and you've just shown people how to do it doesn't that doesn't mean people can go and do it yeah just because they've got your knowledge right they doesn't mean they can just get up and be like great I'm the next Sabiaco no it doesn't work like that so it's amazing that you've done that you've actually shown your cards you've been like right this is how I'm doing it from start to finish be part of it with us tell us what you need be part of the sampling process because it's all of it organically just generated so much interest that you're scared it's going to go out of stock before it even launches. Like that is a, an excellent problem to have. It's hard. And yes, it's, it's annoying, but yeah. it's like such an amazing problem. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, and I, yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, I don't even think that any amount of influencer marketing could give a launch that's going to hopefully equate to what this one will be just due to that authentic openness of being like well this is what I'm doing come along and tell me what you think pretty much well when's the launch because now I'm I'm interested (laughs) (laughs) um it should be at the end of June so we've had like heaps of delays with the packaging which has just been like a massive pain in the ass but um yeah mid to late June so very excited about that one (laughs) I'm excited too yeah and what about some of the flip version? What's some of the moments where you've just pinched yourself and been like, wow, how am I here? And how have I created this amazing business? And you're doing so much, not just for, you know, the people who are buying your product. It's having such an incredible impact on the earth and giving people that option to, you know, do better. I think it's just um, when people like my friends send me photos of their doorstep when they come home and it's just like full of hero packs. Yes. I think it's like that is my it's just so nice to see. It's like the one thing that pushes me forward when I see, OK, people actually using them instead of plastic. Like I don't see plastic on a doorstep. I see our colorful mailers on a doorstep. That to me is a huge thing because 
it's companies that I didn't even know were purchasing from us, you know, and um, in their big retailers and big retailers aren't just getting custom made stuff. They're actually using hero packs to send out their products. Um, and for me, that's such a beautiful thing to see. Um, and so I guess that for me, like the friends sending me photos and videos of their doorsteps. Yeah. That, <laughs> that still happens to this day where I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. That's we did that. Like, yeah. it's a very exciting thing. It's amazing. And I think that's how I, funnily enough, I bought something from Depop, which is a website where you can sell clothes and secondhand things. I bought yeah. something from an influencer and it came in a hero pack bag. And I'd never heard of this. It was probably like four years ago, maybe even five. Um, and it came in a hero pack and I was like, what is this? And I literally can put it in the garden. I'd never seen something like it in my life. But from that one experience, as soon as we started Sabia, there was no question about what I needed to do for packaging. It was just that one time that I'd seen the product that I was like, that's the only option I can imagine to use. So oh, that's awesome. So that's really good to know, actually. Yeah, because it was just she I remember her talking about it. She's like, I've just bought a 10 pack because this is what I want to put my clothes in because I'm selling secondhand clothes because I care about, you know, not first worn clothes just ending up in landfill. They should have a second home. And I remember her explaining the product and I was like, wow, like that is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love hearing those stories because um, it actually works really well for those sorts of businesses because they what they end up doing is they are selling second, third hand clothes, which is an awesome business model, if I'm honest. Um, but then they have to use Australia Post plastic packaging and they're like, what am I doing here? Like there yeah. has to be an alternative. So that's a really good thing. Um, and I just remembered now, but another alternative, I mean, sorry, another um a sort of pinch me moment that I've had, which was, I don't know, do you watch reality TV shows? We don't have a telly. <gasps> oh, okay. So I'm going to need to buy you one because so I, I watch Married at First Sight and that's such an unfortunate thing to say, but I do. And, um, <laughs> and I also watch The Bachelor because I have to. And so anyway, I was watching it. And as soon as The Bachelor finished and as soon as Married at First Sight finished, we actually got Instagram messages from all of the, you know, married at first sight contestants who are starting businesses because now they're influencers, yeah, they right? Yeah. And all the bachelor stars who are now business owners all of a sudden. And they're like, we need packaging. So can you help out? And I was like, oh, wow. Like I feel famous. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and amazing. So it's just like the first, I can't imagine like, it's just literally the first thought I have every time someone thinks about packaging or even if I'm selling clothes on Depop, obviously I've got a warehouse full of your hero packaging upstairs. So of course I'm going to use that. But even if yeah. I didn't have the business, the you can buy a box of them that isn't a hundred, like just as an everyday person who might be sending, you know, clothes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It is affordable and there's a scale for you to pick as well. Like that does, you don't have to have hundreds of them that will probably go to waste unless you have, you know, a huge wardrobe. But there is yeah. that like level that you can buy them at, which I think is amazing because, yeah, just everyday people that have to mail things are conscious about what they're putting it in as well. And so just to add to that, you know, it sounds so lovely to have like packs of 25, for example, to sell, but we had ordered something like 100,000 of them and we had asked for them to be put in packs of 25 when they're sent to us. Yeah. They got packed in packs of 23. So oh. they're, 
So we had to go and actually manually no. put in two extra into every single bundle. And it's the stuff that people don't see. You know, it's those little things like when your shipment was delayed or never came and stuff. It's just for us, we just we've had to deal with all these little logistic things that no one actually gets to see they just see a brand and then they see it everywhere all of a sudden and they're like oh great they're doing so well but actually it's us fumbling like in our pjs <laughs> at nighttime putting two extra mailers into every bundle so that people get a pack of 25 you know and and for us we've done that for three years now where every little issue that we've had it's us scrambling to the factory or the warehouse and then you know in our garage fixing some stuff up yeah um, but it that is that's the nature of business, I guess. I have to send you this funny video of Dave and I, like the night after launch night, because we had a great launch, but um, we opened one box that only the tone kit, we have two big makeup pads and one little cotton round, but they only had one of each. So we're like oh, in no. our, literally in our jammies in the spa, spare bedroom doing exactly that, adding one more because we're like, fuck, like how did yes, this happen? And like, there's no way in hell that I would have put that on Instagram then. But if it happened now, I would be putting that on Instagram and our community would be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But when you're first starting out, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, yeah. how did this happen? <laughs> but people don't tell you that stuff. People think like, okay, you bring in a product, you sell it and it's amazing. But it's like, no, there's so much that can go wrong too. Oh, so much. What about yeah. some game-changing marketing strategies because you are a bit of a marketing guru? If you were to have <laughs> some top strategies that you'd be happy to share with someone who's starting out or maybe in that, you know, infancy stage still. Okay. So um, in terms of business, one thing that we did was, you know, Vic left his, his job to help me in the business and there are the two of us and I I'm good at marketing and he's really good at operations. So I'm not good at that. Um, managing people, he's better at that than I am and he's better at certain things. So to have two people in a business that are very good at their own things, I, that for me is a, a game changer. But not everyone is as lucky as that, so I totally understand. But for me, that's some, been something that's really helped me because the operational side of things, I'm not great, right? Like I need to be doing the marketing. I mean, he's not good at that. So it works really well. Mm -hmm. I would say a huge game-changing thing for me is to, like we discussed, putting my face and my name everywhere because people feel like they can reach out to the owner of Hero Packaging and say, hey, something is off or um, where is my order? And I can direct them to the right place. Or if they just say, hey, I've got a really cool idea for your business. And what about this product? I'm like, great, let me research it. And so they feel like they can connect with me um, it has just built, like you use the word community, it's really built a community for us just because we've put our names at the forefront of the brand. Mm -hmm. And no matter how big we grow, we still feel like we're a tiny business um, and we treat it that way. And I don't think that if we, no matter how big we grow, we don't want it to be a corporate structure at all. Um, and I think just having my face there, doing more videos with me in it, with Vic in it, photos of us talking about our kids in the business, for me, that is game changing because people feel connected to the business on a level that they usually wouldn't because mm -hmm. they businesses that don't show a face, people 
don't connect with them on a human level. They connect with them on a transactional level. And so for us, we're building a relationship business, relationship sales. It's not about, oh, you bought 25 mailers. Great. Here's your order number um, and we'll see you next time. It's about, okay, how did you like them? Are you okay with them? Like, what else do we need to be doing? And send us videos of you using them. Like, we want to showcase it to other customers because you're doing it in the right way and people aren't, that people don't know. And can we use your video to educate this person? And uh, somehow this community has grown. And I think that building of a community is an, an awesome thing. But then when you're starting out, I would say the major strategies is to be omnipresent across all channels. You can't rely on Instagram for your growth. You can't rely on just emails. You can't rely on free media. You need to be putting money into Google ads, into your SEO, into Facebook ads, into influencers, if that's how you feel. But you need to be wherever your people are. If they are reading certain publications, you need to somehow be in those publications. If they're going to be listening to podcasts, you've got to be in those podcasts. So for me, it's about just being places where my customers are and where they're going to learn and like to grow, you know? Um, So I would say just trying everything and putting small budgets into everything, seeing what works and then only boosting the budget of what's working and taking away what's not. Yeah. Definitely agree with that as well. Yeah. And that's like with Dave and I, I love marketing. Like I'm so into it, but I hate advertising. Like Facebook ads, I just, I've never been passionate about it. And when he started, I was like, all I need you to do is to figure out how to do that stuff because then we don't have to pay an agency. We can pay you. And that's how I kind of got him hook, line and sinker into getting a wage. Um, Yeah. And he's literally living off your videos, learning a lot on YouTube and like figuring it out. He's, you know, slowly getting sales through his ads that he's creating, which is amazing. But when he came in, the biggest thing that we tried to do was to separate our roles because I don't want to have to manage my partner either because that doesn't create a beautiful relationship for at home. So we really tried to separate our roles so that, He could be the CEO of whatever section he liked and I could, you know, be the CEO of whatever section I liked and we run it our own things, but just share experiences and like what other people need to know, obviously. Absolutely. It is hard when you, you know, like, yeah, when you're on each other's toes, I guess, trying to do the same job, it just, it's a waste of time. One person should just do one thing and the other person should do the other. And I think that goes in most businesses, no matter if your friends starting up or if your sisters or brothers or whatever it is, there is always going to be a case of you shouldn't be treading on each other's toes. Um, that's where it gets messy. And I think you need to have really clear roles in the business, mm-hmm. whatever you're good at. And not only what you're good at, but what they each want to do. And they should be working towards what they want to do and what they are good at, what they, where their passions lie. If they overlap, there should be strict guidelines too as to, okay, we're going to both be working on this, but you'll be doing this part of it and I'll be doing this part of it Um, only because you don't want things to get messy, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything can get messy. And with partners, I do think it's a bit easier um, than with friends because with friends, like you you have to really tread lightly. You don't want to lose that friendship. With partners, I can say to Vic like, oh, like fuck are you doing today like you know come on like we've got to move forward or and so as a team we work really nicely but as friends you've got to you've really got to be careful about what you say as well yeah yeah Dave was trying to watch the surfing comp while pack orders the other day and I was like this is a no-go mate (laughs) like you cannot multitask so stop doing that 
Yes. What about a favourite quote? Do you have any quotes that just you kind of find yourself reflecting back to when you're in a position of needing inspiration? Yes. I have, I have many things that I, I like I, I always go back to. Um, my biggest one is probably Robert Downey Jr. And he said, smile, not agree, and then do whatever the fuck you were going to do in the first place. <laughs> Uh, and I have listened to that my whole life because, you know, you know, from my parents to saying like, you got to get this certain job to friends saying like, are you sure? Or anyone that's kind of questioned anything, but if I know it is right, I'll smile and I'll nod and I'll sit there and I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're right. You're right. And then I just go and do whatever I want anyway. Um, and I feel like it, I've got a pretty good track record to doing the right things and whatever I don't do right and it doesn't work I'll just pivot really quickly and I'll do something else but at the end of the day I've got to do what I want to do so I just whatever people say people are full of advice so I just always nod my head I take in what I think is important and then I'll just do whatever I want and I feel like I'm definitely my parents would say I'm the same as that (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think it's true and if you don't learn from your own like that's the big one with me like starting the business, I had a really good job as marketing manager for a really successful company. And when I quit, my parents like, what are you doing? Like you're earning way more than you should be earning at your age. Like, this is amazing. Why would you leave it? And I was like, why would I not? And if I, you know, if it doesn't work, I get to learn this lesson. I don't like being told a lesson that someone else has learned. I like to learn it myself because then I can understand and figure out how I, you know, how I might work in failure or what door it might open in a different way, instead of being like, oh, okay, small businesses don't always go well. I won't bother in trying. Yeah, exactly. And for anyone that wants to kind of follow along on Hero's journey, on your journey, maybe they want to learn a little bit more about marketing, what are the best places to find you? So for Hero, we are on Instagram. It's hero.packaging. And sell anything online is my kind of marketing place. And so on Instagram, it's sell anything online. On TikTok, it's sell anything online. I'm way more active on TikTok. Um, and uh, I think if you want to watch videos, you can, you know, for marketing, you can watch them on TikTok. But if you want to kind of connect with me as a business owner, Instagram is probably the best place. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I know that the audience is going to love this conversation just as much as I did. I hope so. I hope so. But thank you for having me. I'm actually really excited. I was so excited to be here today. And I'm just glad we got to chat like all things business. Um, That's something I just love to do. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much.